Hello and welcome to Psychology. Hey, hey, hey. This is my episode. This is my intro. You're my guest. Everybody. Whoa. Yes. She's taking charge. New sheriff in town. What the heck? So I can't do my intro? It's my intro. Okay. All, All right. right. So let's start this again, everybody. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to Psychology in Seattle. I'm your host, Professor Cousin Mandy. Uh, and uh, let me introduce some of my guests today. <laughs> oh, let me redo that. Well, you can cut no, that No, don't redo it. That's great. All right. So I think I just stopped talking and then you go. Oh, I look do, at you. do I go? Yeah. Well, why do I go next? Wouldn't Kirk go no, next? No, guests are last. Oh, okay. Well, and I'm Umberto Castaneda. I am a polar vortex denier. And today we have a very special guest, the uh, normal host of the show. But now today our interviewee subject is uh, Professor Kirk Honda, licensed therapist, Ooh. and my cousin, and our friend. Yay! Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me on the show. I'm really nervous about this. <laughs> So I apparently had the idea a while ago to interview Kirk just to talk about his professional growth as the marriage and family therapist that we know him now and podcaster and musician and all the many hats that he wears. Mm -hmm. So I thought it would be cool to get to know the host. I've been dying to know something. So, you know, you you seem very interested in the topic of psychology. Mm -hmm. At least that's how I see it. Yeah. Were you always interested as a child like when when did this start how did it start i would say that i've always been interested in people and the way that they think i don't think i knew i was interested in psychology in fact in my bachelor's i took psych 101 and i actually did an experiment to see how little work i could do and <laughs> what what the highest grade that would produce <laughs> so so the whole story is i started out as an engineering science student at University of Washington, and I worked pretty hard my first quarter, and I got a 4.0 in math and science and chemistry, this sort of thing. And I was, and I remember hearing in high school how hard college was going to be. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, yeah, high, yeah. high school's easy, but college, oh man, it's going to be hard. So I thought, you know, I better work harder, or else I'm going to flunk out. And I got a 4.0, and I thought, wait a second, that wasn't that hard. How hard, how little work could I put into a class to get, and what, what's the highest grade I get? <laughs> so with Psych 101, I never went to class. I didn't even buy the book. Oh, they didn't take attendance or anything? No. Oh, because it was huge. You didn't, did you have quizzes? There were a thousand people. This was, this was in Meany, yeah. or not Meany. Kane. Kane 101 or whatever, right? Kane 110 or... 130. 130. The biggest one with the double le- yeah. Yeah, yeah. levels. Yeah, that's where there I, were headed. A thousand, I headed in there too. thousand people in this, in this <laughs> class. They weren't taking attendance. No. They didn't have quiz section? They did, but I never went. And so, it was a Scantron test, five of them for the whole quarter. And so I just abracadabra it, essentially. Did you read the book? Or? No. You didn't have the book, and you didn't, didn't go to class. Didn't have the book. It didn't go to class. Did you ever get the decks? Like, how did you know the How did you ever engage in the material? What's a decks? Oh, like the, the power, PowerPoint deck. <laughs> like This is pre-PowerPoint. What? Power what? In 1990, this is, this is the beginning of 1990, there was no such thing as PowerPoint. <laughs> God, you were in college in 1990? My they coworker said she papyrus. was in college using DOS. I, if I was lucky, I could use DOS. What's DOS? But anyway, it's an operating system. Is that another episode? That's, yes, a, that's, that's the first Microsoft episode. operating system. It's how they made all their money, right? Because they could put their DOS on all the IBM machines. Anyway. Sorry. The point is, is that I didn't do anything and I got a 2.7, which is basically a B minus. What? But how, like you just guessed on the tests? Yeah. Or? Just guessed. You read you the test and you just made your best guess based on having... No study. You right. did not study. I think I might have read the lecture notes, which were available on paper if you purchased them for $10. So I did a little work the night before, maybe. <clears throat> and I got a 2.7. So obviously, I never really cared about psychology that 
academic field or the profession. This is not looking so promising to I begin. <laughs> I, I was a scientist, and I wasn't very good at the social sciences. I remember not being very good at them. And but I was always fascinated with people and what made people tick, and the meaning of life, and like life and death, and religion, and and relationships, and romance, and families. So and, you joined the Scientologies? Yeah, of course. Okay. When I graduated uh, with a actually a business degree because I didn't know what else to do and I didn't want a useless literature degree, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in business, you know, Microsoft contractor, this kind of thing, dry, dressing in my suits and driving out to Bellevue from Seattle. It just suddenly occurred to me that psychology involved everything that I loved about philosophy and religion and people and helping and all that sort of stuff. It all just kind of came together and that's when I discovered I really did love psychology and counseling. Was there like a moment that you remember or was it over yeah. a period of time? Yeah, there was one moment. I was stuck in traffic on 520. I remember it was, you know, five o'clock. I got on the exit by North Up right mm-hmm. at the interchange of 405 and 520 and I was heading into Seattle and oh, it was God. just a parking lot from Redmond all the way to the bridge, right? And no toll at the time. <laughs> no toll at the time. And just and just two lanes. There I don't even think they had an HOV lane at the time. Oh man. And I was just in another, you know, it was just oh, I'm in traffic, it's going to take me an hour and a half to get home. Uh, what do I do? Oh my God. And then I just thought, am I going to, and I thought, and I, as I prone to do, I thought about my death. I thought, well, when I'm like 85 and I'm on my (laughs) deathbed, as I have been doing since I was like 17, I thought, what do I want to see in my career? If I'm going to spend a third of my life doing something, what do I want to see when I look back? Am I going to want to, do I want to see what I'm doing now? And I thought, absolutely not. I do not want to see a lifetime of, pushing papers and trying to make money for a corporation. Right. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. But that was not the way I wanted to spend my time. Right. So I thought about a number of different professions, thought about being a teacher, and then I thought, I don't want to wrangle kids. I do not want to have to be a disciplinarian. I don't want to have to do that kind of thing. And then I thought about... Prostitute. I, prostitute, yeah, <laughs> of course. Um <laughs> But then I didn't want to deal with people like you. Oh. But then I thought about being a theologist of some sort. Or philosopher. Philosopher, but I, but, but I thought, well, they probably have to give speeches. I don't want to give speeches. How do you make right. money as that? Well, I thought about actually being a minister. Okay. Uh, because, you know, then I thought, well, you have to give sermons. And that would drive me crazy because it would make me very nervous. Because up until recently, I, I was terrified of speaking in front of crowds, even <laughs> though I would occasionally make myself do it. And then suddenly it just popped in my head to be a therapist because I'd been in therapy and had liked it. And from that point forward, I just, so the next day I applied to graduate school and it's been. That's crazy. And they didn't didn't say like, well, you only got a 2.7 in Psych 101. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. They would have seen that transcript too. So somehow they overlooked that. Think if they hadn't. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> we probably wouldn't be sitting here doing no. a psychology podcast. We might have been doing engineering in Seattle <laughs> <laughs> or something, right? Yeah. You'd be like, this is your co- host, Kirk Hanna, Boeing engineer and um, podcaster. Oh, by the way, I've, I've, I've tried to trademark psychology in Seattle and it isn't going through the feds because it's too general. So, mm. which makes sense because yeah. you can't call yourself like, car wash of seattle or you have to you know so 
I, I now I need to change us to Psychology in Seattle podcast, but I have to pay like a lawyer or something anyway. It's sort of annoying. Hmm. So, okay, you got your, um, your master's in psychology. And how long have you been in the psychology field practicing? Well, I started as an intern in 96 and became a full-time therapist in 97, became licensed in 99. So it's kind of hard to define, but I usually just start from the first client I had in 96. So that would be 18 years. It's a long time. It's a long time. I said I was only going to do it for 10 years. And then reassess? And then do something else because I hated the prospect of doing one thing for the rest of my life. Hmm. But there's so many things to do in psychology that it doesn't feel like just one job. Yeah, a lot of variety. So of all the things that you've done in psychology thus far, what would you say is the most difficult thing that you've faced? Most difficult thing I've faced. Like whether it was an interaction or a... Yeah, many interactions. The most difficult thing I ever faced was being fired from my first internship. At the very beginning of your... Basically, you're foray into psychology. Yeah. You were fired. Basically, he gets 2-7, barely passes, flunks out of college, basically, and then gets fired from every job he's ever had. (laughs) Well, so I start graduate school in 95, and I'm paying my own way, and I'm working really hard, and I'm very dedicated. I'm young, so I feel pretty inept. I mean, the average student was older than me, and Mm -hmm. I just felt like I didn't know what I was doing. And I get an internship, and I'm, I'm you know, seeing clients, and I'm nervous, and I feel completely incompetent because I am. Right. And I don't feel like I have much support. I'm getting some support, but not much. And every week, you meet with a supervisor when you're an intern. <clears throat> and your supervisor is supposed to tell you how to be a therapist. They're supposed to tell you how to do the paperwork. And right. they're supposed to be a support. And they're supposed to be like a mentor, you know, mm-hmm. like, a, like a dad or something. And this, whenever I met with this supervisor, I would have to do meditation before meeting with him because... It was like part of the process? No, because every time I met with him, I would find my adrenaline starting to go. <gasps> Like, what? like I felt unsafe. Wow. But I, did, I thought, well, it must just be me. I must be paranoid or something. What was wrong with this guy? Well, there was just a vibe I was getting from him that he was against me. But I thought, I'm just being paranoid because why would he be against me? And then... Two months or so into my internship, which is a year-long internship, but two months into it, we sit down and he hands me this letter and it has like 10 bullet points. And each bullet point is a reason why I shouldn't be working as a therapist. What? And I I was so traumatized by it. Like these were like, like bulleted, a bulleted list he hands you. Yeah. And each one is like... Basically, don't be a therapist. And he'd never this brought your, this to your attention before this letter. No. This is your counselor. Mentor. He's supposed to be on my side. He, he hadn't ever brought this to me. He hands me this letter and says, I want you to quit right now. <gasps> and, I, and you're not going to see a client. And I want you to walk out the door right now and never look back. Oh, my God. And I had clients like the next hour. You know, I had a I had a caseload, and I and I said, "Well, can I at least say goodbye to some of my clients?" He said, "No, I want you to leave." Oh my god! And he wanted me to voluntarily quit, and I said, "Well, what if I don't?" He's like, "Well, I'm going to fire you," and I was like, "I guess I voluntarily quit then." So the one thing I remember on that list of accusations, and all of them were baseless, but the one I really remember was so earlier on, like in an earlier supervision session, he had asked me, so. What if a client comes in and says that they are actively drinking as an alcoholic? What do you do? 
and I remember, and I'm brand new to therapy, so I've, I've heard a few things, and I said, well, well, I know that most of the time you're supposed to not be able to treat them. You're supposed to say you need to get sober before you can really do right. work in psychotherapy. And that, then I said, but I could see how in some cases you might actually treat them and highly encourage them to go to treatment to right. get sober because maybe having a link with a therapist will help them to have motivation to get treatment to get sober. And and he just, you know, nodded and, and didn't say anything. And I thought, well, that must be the right answer because he didn't, he didn't contradict me. So one of the bullet points on this list of things as to, you know, allegations as to why I shouldn't be a therapist was this thing that said, and Kirk advocates for huh? treating people who are actively drinking. Advocates. Something along those lines. Oh, my God. <clears throat> and I remember just thinking, you this whole time – must have been trying to get rid of me from the beginning. Setting you up. And interviewing me and baiting me with questions oh to get God. me to say things so that he could mine all of the things I've said for data points right. that he could slam me on. So I was so upset and thought, well, that's it. I'm never going to be a therapist. You walked out. That's it. I'm but, done. Y- like, So you believed it, of course. Yeah. I, you, oh my god! I must be terrible. This is my first chance, and I blew it. And there's something wrong with me. Were you trembling? So what'd I mean, you do? Like, oh yeah, absolutely trembling. Oh my god! I get in my car and I just drove to Antioch, which is where I was going to school, which is where I teach now. And I drove to Antioch and I just went into the psychology department, just looking for someone to talk to. And oh. I found a professor. He was actually the dean of the psychology school at the time. I walk into his office and I just sit down and I didn't know him that well, but I knew him kind of. And I told him the whole story. My cats are trying to kill each other right now. Cat (laughs) fight. He talked me down and he said, this happens sometimes. And you just get back on your feet. You get another internship and hopefully things go well there. If they go badly, then you probably shouldn't be a therapist. (laughs) But if they go well, then we just know that something just didn't work out with you and the supervisor. That's the way he was wording it. He He said, sometimes the relationship just doesn't work out. Yeah. He was extremely supportive and he says this happens sometimes, don't worry about it. I got another internship short after shortly after that that supervisor loved me, hired me on after the internship and it's been smooth sailing ever since. Yeah. And now we, You it, fooled them all. It brings <laughs> us to present day. Right. Well, that's a, that's quite the story. That's man. quite a challenge. I mean, what do you guys think about me coming out on the podcast cuz I I've actually not talked about that very often publicly right? because I feel like some people will hear that and think, huh, I wonder if he is unethical or incompetent or... <laughs> How many years ago was this? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> How young were no. you? Yeah. I'm not just saying this. I, I'm not saying it because I'm related to you in that you have a very long tenure in the profession so far, 18 years, like you said, and, you know... I think the proof is in the pudding and that you have 18 years worth of pudding. And, you know, Hmm. I think talking about it as hard as it is, I think is very important to aspiring therapists and students of psychotherapy now in that, you know, it shows that like you don't give up. You don't just listen to one asshole who tries to kill your dreams. Don't give up because you know. friends (laughs) so i think that that's great and you know you've won awards for the kind of therapist and teacher that you are i I recently read in in preparation for the movie i recently read the wolf of wall street and whatever you say about the guy the guy who wrote it is the guy who's the protagonist he was such a brutally honest 
person writing that book about himself. And that makes him look like this monster in a way. But he wrote it. I don't think that book would have been effective or a learning lesson or anything had he not been just honest about his life and his experiences. And I think one of the things we do in this podcast, at least I know I've tried to do it, I've heard Mandy do it, I've definitely heard you do it, is just be honest and like just give real stories and real problems. And I I think that if we didn't do that, that wouldn't help anyone or it wouldn't even be as relevant, you know? Yeah, I like that. I mean, it's so it's so stupid because I feel compelled, which I'm not going to do, to somehow list all of my accolades and experiences and evidence that I'm I'm a competent therapist. Well, because that that must have been a little traumatic in a way. You it know? was it was traumatic. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah. Little baby Honda coming up in the world and yeah, I mean, like slap. Yeah, I mean, at the time, I had no confidence as a therapist. How old were you? Zero. I was 25. 25, yeah. You were early 20s. Oh, God. I had zero confidence as a therapist. Yeah. I mean, I had zero confidence as a professional, really. Sure. And to have that happen really made me think, I am not cut out for this. Yeah. There is something about this that I just don't have the magic for. So, Mandy, <laughs> here I am. I'm listening to the podcast. Yes. And my wallet is burning a hole in my pants. Oh, Santa must have been good to you. Yes. Yeah. What do I do with all this money? You know what? It would be amazing if you donated to Psychology in Seattle's PayPal account Ooh. to fund our ongoing expenses to produce this, which we're always upgrading to cooler, more cutting edge, more reliable technology for awesome audio for you to get the podcast you need on demand wow. when you want it. Well, and what's the minimum? Like a million? You know... Anything helps, we'll say. Anything helps. We've also got some plans to fund a future Vision Quest trip for the team, as well as a trip to uh, the, the, penis, the festi- penis Festival. Right, right, right. So we are accepting donations for any of these right. goals, and which you will definitely be a part of as a uh, donor to these dreams. Right. They will definitely be shout-outs to you and recaps of our you know, penile adventures in Japan. Yeah, the Vision Quest Living the Vision Quest with Paul Abadili. Yeah. Ah, Abadili. <laughs> Paul, Paul Abadili. Abadili. <laughs> How's he? I haven't seen him in a while. Man. Well, we got to recoup. You can do that by going to psychologyinseattle.com and going to the Support Us page and clicking on the Donate button. Yeah. You are a guest. You're not supposed to be saying things like that. You know, yeah. You <laughs> can like us on Facebook, too. Yeah. So I have a question. So, all right, like, so now you're, you know, you're getting your internship back in line and all these great things. And now you've found out that that, that was an anomaly and things are going better. Uh, and you're really excited about it. But then did you always know you wanted to like treat clients as a, on your own? Or did you for a while think you might be a psychologist for a firm or, you know, like, I know you already said you kind of didn't want to be in an office all your life, but it wasn't the office thing that bothered me. It was the effort that I was putting in, in business. Hmm. I just saw myself as trying to take money from people, essentially, oh, which you know is is what businesses often try to do. So it wasn't that. It, but yeah, right from the start, I thought it really appealed to me to be in private practice. Mm-hmm. Less paperwork. You're your own boss. You don't have anyone breathing down your neck. I really wanted to do that, and so. Pretty much from the start, I wanted to be in private practice. And as soon as I graduated, I started building my practice. You just went out. Like you're like, you didn't say, okay, I'll work for five years. No. And then I'll go, okay, that takes some balls, some guts. You know, when you're in your internship, you have hours and hours and hours of mm-hmm. being a therapist. Why can't you be in private practice? Right. I mean, it's the same work. Hmm. Why not? Mm-hmm. 
and often you are supervised by someone when you're in private practice in the beginning. So, oh, how does that work? You have to hire a supervisor. Well, right now, half of my private practice is supervising novice therapists. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And is it like part of your certification? Yeah. Oh. You have to have a certain amount of okay. postgraduate supervised hours. That's good. The education never ends with us therapists. Mm-hmm. It just never ends. I think that's great. Yeah. I think you can always learn more. You can always learn to be a better whatever you are. Yeah. A better polar vortex denier or hey, the, a better... The, professor cousin. Come on. You can never... You're the best professor cousin ever. Thank you. But if there was a class, what would it involve? Well, I would teach it. It would be at the University of Mandy. Penis Jokes 101. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and there would definitely be a required vision quest uh-huh. of which everybody, I would send everybody out alone uh-huh. for a 24-day vision quest. How to spot a scruffy jobless 201. <laughs> yeah, that's a higher level. It's, oh, God. 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 That's a whole other episode of... Uh, <laughs> That'll be the next episode. I can see it now, too. <laughs> you have one of your tests as you put someone in a room, and above them you put someone really noisy, and you have to see how they react to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how to kill your neighbors upstairs. Without ever them knowing that you did it. That's yeah. right. Without ever leaving your own apartment. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, we're getting off topic. This isn't about me. This is not about the University of Mandy. This is about the University of Kirk. All right. If you, if you didn't have to, like, think about, like, leaving clients and the relationships you've built, and there weren't a lot of consequences for that, but you could pick up tomorrow and start any job you'd want, any job in the world, what would you do if it wasn't being Professor Kirk and licensed therapist? Rockstar. Rockstar, uh, hands down. Opening band for Sir Paul McCartney. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, or in a band. <laughs> or in yeah, with Paul. Uh, it'd be Sir Paul and Kirk. Paul and Kirk. <laughs> what would you play? Hey, I'd play all this. We'd rotate. You'd oh. do anything Sir Paul wanted, right? If you wanted- we, We'd go back and forth. You know? It'd be Sometimes even. you'd get to sing lead. Of course. Right. Well, that's a realistic alternative expectation for you. Yeah, I can <laughs> always fall back on that if being a therapist. Right, and we've talked about this on prior Scruffy Jobless episodes that it's a, it's something you should keep as a hobby on the side, not potentially your primary modus operandi. It's not a hobby. It for ain't going to pay the bills unless it pays the bills. It, pay, it pays Paul's vi- bills. Like, okay, unless you're Sir Paul and you can live large. With your amazing singing Well, why voice. can't you do that too? Look, some people <laughs> just, the, the Scruffy Jobless musicians just, it's oh, not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. But all you right. wouldn't be the Scruffy Jobless musician pawning all your shit to pay your bills. I know you wouldn't. Okay, so I'm sitting here. I'm a Scruffy musician, let's say, right? But I've decided <laughs> I want to get into psychology. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> what advice do I have for people who want to get into psychology or who and, think they might be a good psychologist yeah. and, and or counseling? Yeah. Well, I would recommend that they do a lot of research on the different graduate schools. There are many and that they get to know their professors prior to going to the university mm-hmm. to make sure that they want to go there, that they talk to students They do a lot of research. I find that a lot of people, some people do research, but most people don't. And I've seen people make big mistakes about what graduate school to go to. Do, do different graduate schools have like different takes on how to do psychology? Yeah. Like there are some like Antioch that we would consider secular, but there are many that are religiously affiliated mm, okay. and don't necessarily advertise that because they don't want to scare away people. Mm-hmm. 
or they advertise it in such a way that it's ambiguous or something. If, a, if someone's looking for a religious school and they go to a secular school, then that would upset them and the reverse would be true as well. And there are some schools with different reputations and different kinds of career paths. I would ask them, what sort of jobs am I apt to get upon graduation? Mm. These are important things. Do you have to go to graduate school to become a psychologist? Yeah, you need a you need a master's well, or something. To be a psychologist, you have to get a doctorate. To be a counselor or therapist, a master's level person, you need oh, a master's. Okay. So a psychologist has a doctorate. A psychologist is someone who got a doctorate in psychology from oh, okay. a particular kind of school that trains people to be psychologists. Okay, so therapist and psychologist are not synony- synonymous. You can be a psychologist who's a therapist, but you could be a therapist who's not a psychologist. Psychologists are very specific, and they're licensed psychologists in the state that they practice in. Therapists can be either master's level or doctoral level. Okay. And counselors can also be master's level or or doctoral level. So so what I'm hearing here is go to Austria – yeah. Enroll in it, and the more they speak with a German accent, mm. and the Austria. more they're bald with glasses, mm-hmm. the better. Yeah. Okay. And the more they talk about penises and 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 mom issues. I'm like halfway there. I just need to lose all my hair and get a beard. <laughs> yeah, and talk with an accent. I'm pretty much there. You're pretty much there. You are pretty much there. We could shave your head tonight <laughs> and put that hair on your face, like so it's a little goatee. Potential job opportunities, easy transition for me. Yeah, not so much. Do me. it, All right, but maybe me, maybe me. That could be. That could work. Yeah. Hey everyone, if you like what you hear and you uh, enjoy psychology in Seattle, or you don't, you should go on iTunes and review us. Let us know. You know why? Why? Because we lost our RSS feed for some stupid reason. And if you're out there in podcast land and you're getting some weird subscription weirdnesses. That's because of that. iTunes just took our, our feed down for some unknown reason. What? Do we need a lawyer feed? for that too? You remember that, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. But you, that's a while ago, right? That was like, a, well, a month ago. You had to repost it. Yes, you're right. Did you forget you reposted that? I, for, I did forget. Yeah, they just randomly took it down. You know why I forgot? Because I remember that then we did the video thing. But yeah. I, that is what I remember. <laughs> no, that was a nightmare. But anyway, yeah. that consequently got rid of all of our iTunes comments. Oh, uh. no. Well, dedicated listeners and new listeners and any listeners at all, please review us, show your support. Don't let iTunes cut us because they don't think anyone cares if they had us or not. The only theory is is that they took us down because we had explicit content, but we didn't label it explicit. That could be. That's the only thing I can think of. So are we labeled as explicit? Now we are. Now every single episode is – you labeled every episode explicit. Oh, I just labeled the podcast explicit. Oh, well, that, that labels every episode explicit. Well, well like, fuck uh, that! Yeah, it's like Jungian psychology explicit. <laughs> oh! I think that will be a potential draw for listeners. Who doesn't like explicit Jungian therapy? So we're asking yeah. people to comment. Also comment. Comment on our iPod or iTunes. <laughs> comment on our podcast. Yeah. Um, what was the song I posted to your Facebook the other day that reminded me of you too? Oh yeah, level uh, something about you. Yeah, something about you, baby. I always you know because there's something about. I know, no, but I always sing the other one. Wait, sing the right one. I know, but who does that other one? Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. No, it's not Michael Jackson. Is it? Yes. No, there's something about you, baby, that makes me want to give it to you. That's Michael Jackson. Yeah. That's not Michael Jackson. Is that Michael Jackson? That's yes, not it is. I don't even know who it is. For right, Christ's well, sake. Well, can we sing the song I want to talk about? Ooh. 
That's that's level forty two. How how does it feel? <laughs> yeah, you sent me a live version. I could, that was the first hit. Can you believe that's the first hit on YouTube? Well, often they don't have the real version. I wanted the real version, yeah. and I know you hate live versions. But I actually watched it. It was actually pretty good. But then they have this ending new bridge. They have a new bridge at the end where it's like. Oh, do I have to play it now? <laughs> well, I don't know. You don't sound like you like it. Do you really want to hear it again? Uh, God, I'd like to hear the chorus, if nothing else, just because. There's something about Mandy. It's funny. When you type in level 42, guess what the first thing that comes up. A on... video game. Yeah, what video game? Mario, I don't know. No, what's what's bigger than that? What's bigger? Oh, than Tetris. That? No, similar game, but Pac-Man, Candy Crush. Oh, oh Candy what? Candy. What is that? Is that a Facebook game? No, I was addicted no. to that game for a I'm while. I'm like, what Candy Crush is for the things. iPhone. Drawn into the stream of undefined illusion. Oh, undefined. These diamond dreams, they can't disguise the truth. So here's that ending bit. What the? Just like I want to hear the chorus. Break it it down. just keeps going All on. All I and wanted on was too. the chorus. Something about the way you move it. Me, 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 Have either of you ever seen them in concert? No. Do they have any other hits? Uh, you probably don't know their other hits. Level 42's other song you said was Candy Crush? <laughs> <laughs> Level 42 sings Candy Crush. I had that cassette in like 1985 and listened to it over and over and over again. <laughs> and when I think back on that, because like Level 42 is basically easy listening. Yeah. They're, they're not rock. They're not funk. They're like easy listening. Yeah. I love easy and, listening. And they're not very sexy guys. But for whatever reason, that, because that song was so big right. and I loved it so much, I bought the cassette and listened to it a billion times. Wow. It's just kind of funny that it doesn't fit into it. You know, it's not punk. Mm-hmm. It's not rock. It's not new wave. It's not something you would have normally done. Right. But I just I loved it. I would have. Mm. I love easy listening. Anyway, <laughs> any other questions for me before we yeah. adjourn this? <laughs> okay. I have a question. Why Why do you podcast? Why did you start podcasting? And why this topic? You could podcast about anything. I am a project person. And when something enters my brain of something to do, I start obsessing on it. And the podcast was one of those things. Being a therapist was one of those things. I got it stuck in my head. I wanted to be a therapist randomly one day. Mm-hmm. And then just made it this, I, and I became obsessed and became a therapist very quickly. I mean, with, with the time that it popped into my head for the first time, within a year and a half, I was practicing therapy oh, Wow! as, a, as an intern. As an intern. And so <clears throat> I was actually coincidentally in Bellevue, actually in, in Overlake, and I'm driving, and 
I was going to meet a friend and it just popped into my head because I loved podcasts. I was listening to podcasts. This was, you know, 2007, 2008. And I just loved them. And I thought, and I, it was a wild west frontier, you know, just random people around the world were becoming famous overnight because right. there were so few podcasts. I mean, there were, right, let me back. There were many podcasts. Very, Ow! Did Cat just, just bit my foot. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I'm the host banishing this cat. She likes to bite feet. What? You didn't... What can I say? You didn't warn me when I took off my shoes. Bitch. Well, now she's going to go bite him. Good, do it. So there are many podcasts and very few good ones. And I thought... <laughs> This is if if I make a mediocre podcast, it'll be huge because <laughs> the amount of good podcasts out there are so few that I'm going to be like I can I could possibly create you know the fifth best podcast <laughs> on psychology in the world like overnight. We're still gunning for that rank. Right? <laughs> and <laughs> actually, I would say I would say we are in the top five for sure. Uh, <sighs> there there are there are and and okay so since that time. I would have figured many more quality psychology mm-hmm. podcasts would have come out. None have come out to compete with me and the other four that are doing a good job. <laughs> right. there, there's, there's Michael Britt, there's, there's Howie, and then there's Dr. Dave, and I think that's it, actually. I think there's only three others. So there's four of us that are doing psychology podcasts. Well, I have one, too, but I go by a different name. You would think between 2008 and now, there would be... Someone would have emerged, like some new podcast in psychology. Like Dr. Drew podcast? He does. So maybe you could count him in there. But, but that's – so you were like – you saw an open field in a way. So I did, and I thought, man, what would that be like? I just uh, – I've never done that before. Well, you know, I, so my creative juices started going, and I had no idea what I was doing. And, you know, Berto, we, we were just completely mm-hmm. in the dark in terms of how to do it. Yeah, you just came to me. You are like, hey, I got this idea. I need a. I need someone to just like sit there and talk about stuff with me. <laughs> right. I'm like, well, that sounds fun. And yeah. the brainchild was born. <laughs> yeah. The reason why I do it, continue to do it, is I really do feel like I'm providing a service to the world. Not that I'm God's gift of podcasting, but enough people respond to make me have actually. Didn't you just figure out that it's possible that we have ten thousand dedicated listeners? What? Yeah, well, what, what I looked at was I looked at the report from our server for the last year. Then the range becomes anywhere from 5,000 to 20,000. And so, like, we, you know, being uh, conservative, we estimated closer to around 10,000 unique users, which is kind of incredible considering that I, only, I thought there was only two people listening. Yeah. <laughs> and one of them's your mom? No, one of them's you, and the other one's Kirk. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh. I'm talking. Uh, <laughs> my mom listens, so that's three. Oh. She does? That's embarrassing. You know our podcast is explicit. Earmuffs, earmuffs. Does she what really? Earmom muffs. <laughs> She's heard me say some naughty things. Yeah. Oh. Has she ever referenced that to you? Been like, that Mandy. You can never look yeah, her in the eye again. <laughs> so yeah, 10,000 dedicated yeah. listeners to the podcast. For that reason, I keep doing it. And every week I'm like, holy crap, I better make a podcast. Otherwise, all those people will, will be disappointed. So, <clears throat> I mean, we certainly get a lot of hate mail and, and a lot of negative reviews and whatnot. So that that's good. That isn't pleasant. That shows they're paying attention. And I also feel like in the podcast realm that each one of the top four podcasts has a different voice and a different set of things that they talk about. And we are talking about things that the other podcasters never talk about. They talk about things that we never talk about. 
uh, like Dr. Dave's podcast, Shrinkwrap Radio, he gets like top brass authors to interview on his. He gets all the top names, like huge names to interview. And that's basically his whole show. He just interviews one big name after another. Wow. And it's a pretty good podcast. We interview some big names. Nothing close well, hey, to what this guy Dr. Comment. Honda. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing close to what this what Dr. Dave. Right, I know. Uh, we, we, we interview some very interesting people, I think. But the model I've always had is, unless they're in Seattle, I'm not, I'm not going to have it's them It's psychology in... Seattle. Seattle. So they have to, it's always in person. Not quite trademarked yet. Yes. Good evening, yeah. Seattle. Yeah. Exactly. But do they talk about poop? Who? These people. No, and that's another thing that differentiates us is I have co-hosts, mm. you guys, and we like to joke around a lot. The other podcasts have almost no humor as far as I can tell. Oh, so, I was being serious. But which, okay. <laughs> which, some people, which some people actually take issue with us. They'll say – Because we're too funny, too joking. Oh, too much Star Wars. Too much. Yeah. We're only always talking about Jar Jar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then other people say they love the podcast because it is informative and it doesn't put them to sleep. So. Right. We could do one episode where we're counting sheep, and that could help some people fall asleep. Actually, some people have told us that they listen to the podcast to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> one. I sheep. think uh, let's not take offense. Two How about it's sheep. that it's it's soothing. It's, yes, <laughs> our soothing radio voices. We can give them messed up Francisco. dreams. Francisco. So some people have already fallen asleep at this point. So what kind of suggestions could we give them to dream about? It should be an um, SSV. Ooh. Ves enfrente de ti. Una piscina. Te quitas la ropa y saltas. El agua te moja. Y ves a una mujer, hombre, al otro lado. Y hacen el amor. What the hell did he just say? Something about a, something about a salty penis? <laughs> rope no. and water and no. love. Oh. There was stuff like that. What was it? It was about a pool and you jump in without your clothes and then you see a woman or a man and then you embrace and make love. So you In know. a pool? Who's had sex in a pool? It's it's a little uncomfortable. I have never had. It can it can be a little abrasive. I don't think I would like it. It depends on the situation. The biggest reason why I do the podcast is because it's fun. Honestly, podcasting is a ton of fun. Even when I do it by myself, that sounds funny. But <laughs> it's just fun. Like I want to do us more often. Actually, that sounds funny. I'm actually going <laughs> to ask you guys to dedicate yourself to a more rigid schedule propositioning us yes the th all at once yeah the three of us together to be more rigid every other week if not every three weeks like a scheduled time where we always do it but we also need to do podcasts as well yes yeah okay. all right all right that that sounds great yeah that sounds great okay we, we want to give the people what they want so, so people do you want it do you want Do it? you want it? <laughs> no, no. Okay. So now here you are. You're podcasting. You're at the top of your game. You're teaching people, doing all these things, crazy stuff. What's in store for Kirk Honda over the next decade? Well, other it, than your slow decline into oldness. <laughs> well, next, next year, I want to dedicate more time to the podcast. Mm -hmm. I've, I, ha I have a list literally. Next year is in 2015 or this year is in 2014, which just began. The end of this year and going into next year. I want to dedicate more time to the podcast. I was even thinking about doing two a week instead of one a week. And I wanted to actually, I want to do like short podcasts that are only like three minutes long and do normal podcasts like, you know, an hour long. I want to do more music. I want to record 
another album. I'm, I'm actually thinking about doing an acoustic album, a very Ooh. soft album. Easy listening, please. Easy uh, listening. People love easy listening. By yeah. people, I mean me and other ladies. Yeah, lawyer. Yeah, they love it. Have you can do a cameo in SSV on Ooh, some okay. songs. Okay. Also sexy. Okay, we'll do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Collaboration. Collaboration. Oh. Collaborate and listen. <laughs> Those are some things that I want to do. What All about right. you guys? What dreams do you guys have? No one ever asked me this. <laughs> I think I, for one, I want to release stop. your piano CD. <laughs> well, that's true. Once I'm done denying the polar stuff, I already made plans to travel. I, I am going to be finishing it. Where yeah. are you? Where are you traveling? L L A. L A for the piano stuff. Why to record it? <laughs> to finish. He's working with a producer down there. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Wow. And then and then I want to finish the one I'm doing here, which is more like rock rock music. You know? All right. Don't bite my foot. Sorry. But I want she was going for it. <laughs> Maybe not in the next year, but goal for my life would be like I I really want to find I want to find I want to find my person. Mm. I want to find love. Like I found love, so that's like not the right what I want to say, but you know what I mean? Like the one, to say the, the one. one sounds so cliche, or but a one, I've a1. been, I've <laughs> been dating and dating and meeting new people and dating. And eventually I'd like to stop and be like, I found my best friend, somebody who's fun and, you know, interesting and mm-hmm. sexy and smart and et cetera. So that would be a nice goal, but that sounds like very, like I'm not trying to settle down and like pop kids out or anything. I just want to find my person. Cause I feel as though, I'm getting older and my friends and people are getting engaged and pairing off <laughs> and it's becoming more and more apparent to me. So you want to find A1 mm-hmm. and put it on some steak and eat meat. <laughs> so that does no? it. Oh, what? You just did it again. Don't oh. try and usurp the host <laughs> responsibilities again. I don't know who you think you are. Some presumptive guest we have here. We'll see if yeah. we invite him back for more. I don't know about this. But you know what? It's been great having our special guest, licensed therapist, Professor Kirk Honda here. Hasn't it been great? Yes, it yes. was. Woo! Inspiring future generations of therapists, of which you know we say don't give up. If you feel passionately about it and it's in your head, just go for it. Yeah, all you have to do is fail some classes, not attend, not do anything, and you'll be successful. Wait, (laughs) I don't like that recap. Oh, okay. But uh, we really enjoyed having Kirk here to answer some questions about his growth as a therapist. So we thank you for joining. And that does it for us, Psychology in Seattle. Tune in uh, anytime, and we'll be back soon. (laughs) Thanks for listening, and take care of yourself. Bye, bye. (laughs) 